Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. I want to talk to you today about the fourth the fourth candle that we've lit, uh, that we lit this morning. Uh, the the fourth candle represents love. It represents love. Now we've went through the other uh, candles: hope, peace, uh, joy, uh, and now we're to love. Listen, I decided yesterday. You guys ever decide? Maybe you don't. I do this sometimes. I'm like, you. Know, I want to be real to what I'm teaching and what I'm preaching. And so yesterday, I decided to test hope, peace joy, and love. And I did so by going to Walmart in Noonan. (laughs) I did not fail epically. I failed minorly, not epically. No, listen, it's been kind of crazy, right, out there. It's been really really nuts. I do want to talk to you guys today. Remember, Advent is the anticipation of something. Advent is the you know, looking forward to, to something. So we're looking forward to the arrival of Christ. In two days, we're actually going to be celebrating on Christmas Eve as a church family. And we are going to actually light that white candle in the middle. We're going to light all four of them around it. And then the white candle in the middle that will culminate the Advent season. We're going to have a service here. Kids, please bring your kids, um, both big and small. Let them hang out with us. It'd be a great way. We start at five o'clock. It's a great way. It's a great way to, uh, to do some incredible things with your family to start out just on the right note. And so, but today I want to talk about love. I want to talk to you guys today about uh, love. Here's what First John, uh, thanks so much, Gil and Lisa, uh, for you guys and Lacey. Uh, thanks so much. Lacey, I want to repent again for saying that you brought the, the, the nasty uh, drink a couple of weeks ago. That was one of the niece boys. Um, I've since found out. So thanks so much, Lacey. You brought the good drink. Uh, I told my wife I was going to apologize to you. Uh, that was from a sermon a couple of weeks ago. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. So First John 4, 9 through 11, here's what it says. It says, God showed how much he loved us. Here's how he did it. By sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And then it says this, this is real love. Now I want you to hear this. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And then it says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And we'll stop right there. We surely, because of what God did, because of how much God loved us, because of how he showed his love to us, we surely ought to love other people. I heard about a story this week of a homeless man sitting in a restaurant The homeless man was sitting in a restaurant, and quite honestly, he smelled really bad. Not only did he smell really bad, he also, he also was, was just, wasn't dressed properly. Let's just leave it at that. He was unclean, unshaven, and he had nasty clothes on, and he goes in to this restaurant, and he sits down, and he had scraped up enough money for dinner. 
Well, he sat down in a booth, and in the booth right next to him was a mom and her son. And the son was really little. And I don't know if you guys remember back, but whenever we had uh, small children, uh, I tell you, when you put them in a booth, you have to put them on the inside because they go everywhere, all right? They're all over the place. You either lock them in that little chair, the high chair, or you got to put them inside. And so this kid was inside. And so this kid did what a lot of kids do, is he turned around and he started looking and smiling at the man. And the man starts making faces. And the kid starts laughing. And the man makes another face. And the kid starts laughing really loud, really loud. And so the man laughs and the kid laughs. And quite honestly, the mother was mortified. She was sitting in the booth thinking, oh, gosh, man. Man, I tell you, I um, sit, sit down, sit, sit, sit down. The more she told him to sit down, the more he would stare at that man. And that man would make a face and he would start laughing. Everyone in the restaurant started looking. Everyone started looking and, and seeing what in the world's going on. And they started watching this whole scene play out. And so the mother ate the food really quickly, grabbed up the kid, and went ahead and went up to pay. And when she went up to pay, the, the homeless man, he had finished at the same time. He got up, and he was right behind her. And she was holding the baby, and holding the little child, and the homeless man was, was looking at the child. And, and all of a sudden, the child reached out and lunged into the arms of the homeless man. And the homeless man held the baby really close and began to weep. And the baby gripped him around his neck and just laid his head on the homeless man's shoulder. And the homeless man just began to weep and pat his back. And the mom turned around. And the homeless man said, here you go, let's go back to your mom. And she looked at the, she, the homeless man looked at the mom and said, you take care of that young man and you do that. And the mom grabbed the baby and began to walk out. And as she's walking out, she's saying, God, please forgive me for not loving. Please forgive me for judging. Please forgive me for what I was thinking. Please forgive me for my embarrassment. You see, guys, Oftentimes, we will judge people from the outside and what we see in their appearance. But here's the one thing I want you guys to know. We are all on a journey. Every one of us are on a journey. Every one of us are on a journey. We got some pictures taken last uh, Sunday. And uh, when we got these pictures taken, I was talking to the photographer the photographer is the coolest guy in the world, with the exception of me. Um, he is really awesome. He is, he's, got, he's got no hair, and he wears a little beanie, and he's got long, a long beard, and he's got tattoos on his arms, and he is one of the most real people that I've ever met. And if I'm being honest with you, he really is. He is so transparent. He's really awesome. I had met him because I did a couple of weddings that he was a photographer at, and so we wanted to get some pictures taken, and so we called him, and he met us in Sonoy. And I was talking to him, and he told us that he was, his wife was a preacher's kid. And we asked the question. I was like, hey, I, I don't know if it was me or Wendy. I was like, hey, wh so what did, the, what did the, her dad think of all your tattoos? And he said something that's so profound. He said, you know, it's interesting. He said, I've been married now, I think he said 12 years. And he said, when I first met them, I came in and I met them. 
and, and I loved their daughter, and so I was very nice, and, and I knew it would come up. And so eventually, the father kind of pulled me aside, and he said, hey, listen, let me ask you a question. How, how, many, um, how many more of those tattoos are you going to get? And he said back to the man, he said to his father-in-law, he said, you know, I think he called him Pops. He said, you know, Pops, I know you hadn't known me for a long time, but eventually, eventually, I hope that you will see me and not those tattoos. And he said, that's exactly what's happened. I hope eventually you will see me, that you won't see some exterior. I hope eventually you'll see me. What's the story? The story is that we're all on a journey. Listen, we've all lived in different places. Listen, I can't help it that people in Texas think that barbecue is supposed to be beef. Everyone in Georgia knows it's pork. All right? But when I go out to Texas, they say they're having barbecue and it's beef. And I have to admit, I've kind of grown accustomed to it. I I really kind of like it. Um, We've all faced different problems. We've all faced different problems. We've all been in situations that other people haven't been in. We've all had different experiences. We're all in a journey. And everyone here is on a different journey than other people. And I want you to understand something. I want you to get this in your mind. When you take someone's journey, when you take, when you look at someone's life as it is right now, as only you can see, and you decide that you're not going to like that person, that you're not going to, that you're, that you're going to judge that person, that you're not going to love that person, when you do that, and I'm not talking, I, I don't think anyone here is driving through, you know, Walmart parking lot and parking and walking in and saying, that man looks strange. I'm not going to love him anymore. And that's not how you do it. You know how you do it? Let me tell you what happens. You're walking down the street, uh, going into Walmart, and there's someone coming that maybe doesn't look so so pleasant. Maybe they look like the homeless man. And you stop and you go an opposite way. You go the opposite way. Not because you feel unsafe, but because you don't want to experience that. Maybe you uh, unfollow or unfriend people on social media because you don't want to deal with their stuff. Maybe you, and I could go on and on and on. Here's the truth. When we do that, when we do that, we are getting, every person that you meet, teenagers, every person you meet in school, adults, every person you meet, every coworker you have, you are only getting a small snapshot of the total picture. And when we don't know and we don't realize that people are on a journey, when we don't realize that and we have put our expectations on them, what ends up happening, you guys, is, is that we will live a life, we will live a life where we go around thinking that everyone should meet our standards. Now, here's the funny thing about that. A lot of you guys, a lot of you guys decided you were going to leave your home where your mom and dad were because they wanted to put standards on you that you wanted to go a different direction. You wanted to go to college. You wanted to move out because you loved your mom and dad, but maybe, maybe there were some standards that you're like, you know what, I don't agree with that or I don't want to do that. I'm going a different direction. Yet we do as an adult, what we do is, is we try to put those same standards on everyone. And we think that everyone has run our race. We think that everyone has had the same experiences. We do. Listen, that's why marriage is so hard, right? You get married and you look and I'm like, Wendy, listen, everyone in the world knows that you fold a towel like this. And I fold the towel. I've told you the story. I fold the towel. I do the laundry. She is at school. She's working like crazy at school. She's got an internship. She's basically putting in 80 hours a week. I fold the doggone laundry. I come in. I fold the laundry. I had dinner cooked. And I folded the laundry. And I find her on the bathroom floor refolding the towels. 
that I just folded. And it ticked me off. And she folds the towels. It's been 24 years. She folds the towels. I guess she may be right. I don't know. But why is that? Well, because we, I had a different experience than she did. I had a different experience than she did. Whenever I was growing up, a great meal was you take a hamburger patty and you put it on the grill. You know, you patty it up really good like you go back and forth. I don't know what, I guess that's called pattying up. I don't know what it is, but that's what it is. You patty it up and you make sure and you put it on the grill. I asked Wendy to do that. One of the first times we ever, I ever grilled as a, as a new couple. Hey, I need to grill some stuff. Can you patty up the hamburgers? I'm going to go get the grill going. Okay, sure, I'll do that. She, it looked beautiful. I was like, oh my gosh, it looks so good. Put them on the grill, walked out five minutes later, they all had fallen through. I was like, Wendy, what's going on? What are you doing? What, what, what's, what's the, what, did, did you patty out those things? She goes, yeah, you just take them and like, right? That's all you do, right? I said, no, honey, you've got to go back and forth and back and forth and roll them in a the ball and then push them down and get them all. That's what you have to do. And she said, well, next time you do it. <laughs> and I've been pattying out the hamburgers for 24 years. I have. Listen, I, have, I don't see why anyone, it's my house. Why can I not leave my clothes on the floor? I don't get it. I don't get it, but we've got three baskets. This is God's truth. If anybody wants to see when you come out to my house, we've got three baskets in our closet. One basket is for hers, one's for mine, and I don't even know what the third one's for, but it's just there in case the other two are full. There's three baskets sitting right there by our window. If you want to see it, if you're in my small group, you want to see the three baskets, they're sitting right there in our closet. That's the truth. That's why marriage is so hard because, see, my assumption is going into marriage is, oh, it's going to be really great. We're going to have, I'm going to have the same experiences that she has, and she's going to agree with me, and I'm going to agree with her, and it's going to be great. But here's what it took. It took for us, listen, it took for us to develop a relationship. It took for us to develop a relationship with one another, to love one another, to understand, hey, let me say something to you here. I didn't have the same experiences that you did, and you didn't have the same experiences that I did, and here's what I want you to know. We decided that was okay. And sometimes, you know, look, I had never even eaten a salad before I met my wife. Can I tell you that? Never, never. For me, lettuce is the thing you take off and throw in the trash right behind the the tomato. Are you with me? If you're going to eat a burger, throw that mess. I had never even eaten a piece of lettuce in my life. I hadn't. I I really hadn't. That's the truth. So we went out and I was like, hey, what are you going to order? Oh, I'm going to get a salad. And I was like, what kind of communist orders a salad? I'm not paying 10 bucks for a bunch of lettuce and some nuts and maybe this dressing mess. What is this mess? But I decided, you know what? One day I'm going to try this. Listen, on our honeymoon, we went and it was, I'll never forget this. We went and uh, we went to this restaurant and Wendy ate something called grape leaves, rolled grape leaves. All right. It looked like a leaf that someone had took some taco meat and rolled it up. That's what it looked like to me. But I don't think it was that, but that's what it looked like. And she said, hey, do you, like, do you like feta cheese? And I was like, well, I don't know if it's feta or feta. You know what I'm talking about. And I was like, listen, I don't really know if I like it or not. And so she said, well, I'm going to get some, and we'll see if you like it. And I said, well, great. And so we sat down, and I took one bite of feta cheese, okay? And I thought I was going to throw up. I was like, she's poisoned me. She just wants the insurance money. We've only been married a day. And I hated it. Can I tell you something funny? I love feta cheese now. It's one of my favorites. When I go over to get a gyro or a gyro or ever how you pronounce it, I go over and I always get feta cheese extra. When I go get a piece of sauce of pizza, I say, can you put some feta on there? That's what I do. I do that. What did I do? Well, let me tell you what I did. I got to know her. She shared some experiences with me. I began to understand that. And guess what? I kind of said, you know, I'm going to try this again. And I kind of liked it. 
And that's how it is with everyone. We're all on a journey, you guys. Everyone here is on a journey. Listen, if I were to tell you right now, if there is a teacher that taught me in in elementary, middle, or high school, if there is a teacher that taught me and she happens to be my friend on Facebook and they are seeing me up here right now on Facebook, if they see me, we're live on Facebook, if they see me preaching, they literally are going to kill over dead because I was a horrible student. I I was the jokester of the group. I did all those things that you're not supposed to do. I threw spitballs and paper wads and threw pencils up in the ceiling. And I, you know, made fun of teachers and I got paddled about once every other week. And that's just reality. That was who I was. And so people that see me now up here are going, wow, I can't believe that. Well, what is it? Why is that? What happened? Can I tell you what happened? What happened is, is that, is that they see me in one little segment. They see me in one little segment, but God sees the whole picture. He sees the whole picture. God knows that we're on a journey. He knows that we're on a journey. And so I was on a journey. See, the, the, the ability of me to be a class clown allows me to maybe come up with some really cool and funny stories for you. See what I'm saying? Are you with me here? See, it helps me counsel kids that come and say, listen, man, I think I'm going to get a C you know, in math. And I was like, C? Dude, when's the party? You know what I mean? Because I never got a C in, I, I never got a C in math. D's get degrees is what I thought. And I, got a, I literally did. That was how it was, and that's how I was. We were all on a journey, and I was on a journey, and so God has done great things in my life, and God knew the whole time, but I didn't know the whole time, and people that experienced me didn't know the whole time. So I want to encourage you with this. Don't place people in your little box of, well, this person is this, and this person is this, and this person is this. Do you know what changes people's hearts? If, people, if you really want people to change that you work with, if you want people to change... That you, that's in your family, if you want people to change, you know the best thing to do for you is for you to, one, start praying for them, and two, two, build a relationship with them. And you're thinking, well, I don't really like them. Well, you hadn't always been likable either. You know, you're not exactly, you know, the, the, the star of the show either. Are you with me? And neither am I. And so the best thing you can do is start loving on people and realize that they are just on a journey. And listen, think about this. How many here, how many here were scorned into, pressured into, or forced into accepting Christ and changing? How many here were? Hardly any, if any. How many here were loved into Christ? How many here had a mom or a dad or a friend that loved them enough to be the example and to love them, even though, even, I'll never forget, there, I, I used to love playing music really loud, and I went to a traditional church when I was 17 or 18 years old, and I used to take that little boom box, I would take that boom box, and I would put in Christian music, but it was obnoxious Christian music, you know, and I would take that music, and I would crank that sucker as loud as it can go, and these older people would come in, and they would be like, oh my God, you know, I know it's like a kamikaze with these old people. I'm surprised he didn't kick me out of the church, but I would crank that stuff up. And, and I had one guy came up to me. He talked to me about it. And, and he said, I said, here, here's the words. And he looked over the words and he said, listen, it's really good words. He said, but you know, you don't need to kill a fly with a hammer. Okay. You can do a fly swatter. It's better. So can we turn the volume down? And so I did, I learned, but here's the thing. I was on a journey and that person knew I was on a journey. And I look back at their patience and I look back at their love that they gave me. And I'm going to tell you what, one of the reasons I'm standing here today It's because of their patience and their love. One of the reasons why some of your friends right now and some of your family may be in a church one day, may come and may change one day, may see a different light one day, may have a better marriage one day, maybe have a better family one day, is because of how you treat them, how you treat them. Listen, guys, we are all on a journey, and that's the reason why Christ came. 
The Bible says in 1 John, we just read 4, it says this. It says, listen, if, if, can you pull up verse 11, Lynn? Can you do that for me? Verse 11 says this. It says, it says dear friends, since God loved us that much, surely, you know, surely we ought to love each other. Surely we can do that. Surely we have the right to do that. Surely we can do that. Well, here's how you do it. How do you do it? Well, you have to practice it. You have to practice loving people, just like you have to practice hope, just like you have to practice peace, just like you have to practice joy. You have to practice loving other people. We had a situation at a former church of mine where there was a drummer, and he was a young kid, and he was a drummer for our youth band. And listen, he was a, he was a, he was a good person. He just wasn't saved. He wasn't, he, he wasn't saved. And, and, so, and, and this new, youth, this new uh, music guy came in, and he was like, listen, I want everyone who is on stage, everyone who's on stage and representing the youth band, I want every one of them to be saved, and every one of them, well, we didn't really think about this guy. And I was like, that's fine, or whatever. I mean, it's up to you, whatever you want to do. Because he was leading and I wasn't. I was like, great, it's up to you. Well, guess what? We had, a, we had a, a bad situation because guess what? The drummer hadn't given his life to Christ. Fantastic person. And I was like, wait a minute. I love this person. I, I've counseled this person. This person's important to my life. And it's important, he's important to the life of everyone on that stage except this new worship guy. And I said, I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. And, and he was like, well, you know, I don't know what we're going to do because we've already told the praise band and everybody. I said, I know, but I don't want that to happen. And he and I began to pray about it. And we both wept and mourned over that. And we let him stay. We let him stay. You know why we let him stay? We let him stay because, and I like to say it this way, because just like Jesus did, we fell in love with the prostitute. The person that was out of God's will the person that was doing the wrong thing, we fell in love with that person. It's amazing what you'll do when you fall in love with someone, isn't it? When someone's affected your life so much, it's amazing what you'll do for them. It's, you'll be amazed what you would do for other people. You'll be amazed what you do for other people when you know their story. When you know that we did a servant series uh, over the summer called Stories, and you guys all got to know each other because we realized that everyone has a different story and everyone is on a different journey. And you, some of you guys, have actually began to love some of the other people that you didn't even know because you know their story now. That's why small groups so important. We set up and we share our stories and we share our journey with each other and we grow deeper and we grow deeper and we grow deeper. But listen, you guys, we have to practice that. We have to be intentional about that. We have to be intentional about how we treat other people. We have to be intentional about how we love other people. You know what practice and joy is? Let me tell you what practice and joy is. It's overlooking a fault or a mistake. That's when you can practice joy. It's loving people that are unlovable. That's how you can practice joy, is loving people that are unlovable. It's loving people that can't do anything for you. Loving people that can't do anything for you. It's deciding to respond. It's deciding to respond to those with care and not judgment. It's deciding to respond with care and not judgment. I love what Billy Graham says about this. Billy Graham says this. He says, God judges, the Holy Spirit convicts, and my job is to love other people. God judges, Holy Spirit convicts, but my job is to love other people. Luke chapter 6, verse 32 says this. I think we have it up there. It says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. But then what does it say? And if you do good 
to only those who do good to you. Why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And then it says, and if you lend money only those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. And then this is where it turns. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be great and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. And we'll leave it right there. He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. He is kind to those. It's very easy. Listen, it's very easy to love those that are lovable. It's very easy to love those that love you. It is. It's very difficult, though. Listen, it's very difficult to love those that can be unlovable. It's very difficult that, that, to love those that can frustrate the dickens out of you. It's very difficult to love those that get on your nerves. It's very difficult to do that. But here's what, and you know what? This is something, and I want to end with this. We're going to end here. I want to tell you something. Why would God want us to do that? That's the question. Why is it that God would want us to do that? Why would he want us to love people that are unlovable? Why would he want us to love people to do that? Let me tell you why. It's not for them. It's not. It's not for them. You know who it's for? It's for you. It's for you. Whenever I have loved people that were unlovable, when I've loved people that didn't deserve it, when I went out, went out of my way to give to people that I knew couldn't pay me back, when I've done those things, I've got the blessing they haven't. You know why? Because I can live at peace with myself knowing that I followed what God has. Listen, this is God's economy, not yours. This is God's economy. God's economy is different than everyone else. Everyone else says, oh, listen, man, you got to, if they don't like you, you don't like them. And if they respond negative, you respond negative. That's not what God's economy says. It's opposite world, you guys. Whatever the world says, usually do the opposite and you'll be fine. God's economy is the opposite. And he says, no, listen, I want you to love those that are unlovable. As a matter of fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how much I want you to love people that are unlovable. I'm going to send my son down to die for you, who to me is unlovable. I'm, that's how much I'm going, I love you. I love you enough that I'm going to send my son down to you. Even though you're unlovable, I love you anyway. It's just like the prodigal son. The prodigal son. What did the dad do? What did the dad do? It says while he was a long way off. While he was a long way off. The son that had went out and made all kinds of mistakes. While he was a long way off. So dad, daddy was looking for him. He was looking out the window for him while he was a long way off. He took off running off that porch and met him and grabbed him and hugged him and said, no, you're not going to be a servant. We're going to put the ring on you, a signet ring on you. We're going to give you the royal robe. We're going to do everything we can because, listen, you once were lost and now you're found. You can be, listen, you can be the vessel that helps people live a better life. You can be the people that does nice for people. You can be the example. And that's who I want Real Church to be. Those are the people I want to attend Real Church. Those are the people that I want to help disciple at Real Church. People that love people no matter what. No matter what. And that is the reason that Christ died for you and for me. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for this word that you gave me this week, God. Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, there it was, God. And I'm so thankful for that. Lord, I pray that we can be people that show an example of loving other people, even those that are unlovable. God, let us understand that everyone is on a different journey. Everyone is on a different path. 
and that we need that we need not to expect them to act the way we do, to respond the way we do, but we need to know they're on a different path and maybe they need someone like us in their life to teach them. Maybe they're in our lives so that we can die to ourselves a little more. Maybe they're in our lives so that we can minister to them. Maybe you're wanting to use us to be a light in their life. God, we know that there's a reason why people act the way they do. There's always a history there, God. Every one of us have a history. God, you are the history healer. Love is a healer. We know that from your word, that love is a healer. Let us be people that see ourselves as little physicians of you and that go out and that spread that healing over everyone we meet. From the, from the waitress to the person at, at, at the quick trip to the, to the person in the grocery store to the person that's in the car in front of us as we're frustrated trying to shop as to the person in Ashley Park and in the movie theater to our own family we're going to be meeting with to friends and neighbors to co-workers. God, let us pour out your healing love over them. And when we do that, I know you're going to see us do it. And your word says that we will get credit for that. He, you will see what we're doing. And we, our lives, will be changed. Not because of something that we did, but because of something you did in us. Help us be those people in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and sing a final worship song, you guys. Let's sing. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.